You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our preacher is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller with today's Word of Hope. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Dear saints, judge not, and you will not be judged. So says Jesus. Now we know, at least we know most of the time, what to do with our own sin. When our conscience troubles us over something that we've done, something that we've said, something that we've thought or failed to do, we pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. We come to church and we confess together, I, a poor, miserable sinner. We come to the Lord's table and take the body and blood of Jesus wrapped up with His promise given for you for the forgiveness of sins. Everything, in fact, in the church is ordered that we would daily and richly bathe in the Lord's mercy and rejoice in His forgiveness. So the Lord gives us a good and a clean conscience where the voice of Jesus and His loving kindness is echoing, I love you, I forgive you all of your sin, and we rejoice in this, in this completely undeserved salvation. Now this same Jesus who died and rose for you, who loves you and who forgives you. He has set you in this world and He has given you neighbors. And guess what? Well, you don't have to guess. You know, those neighbors are also sinners. (laughs) When the Lord appears to Isaiah, this is two chapters before the Old Testament text, and He's serving in the temple, Isaiah sees the holiness of God and he's undone and he confesses his sin. And more than that, I'm a man of unclean lips and I live amongst a people of unclean lips. And this is true for us. We are sinners living with sinners. And this means that not only do you and I sin against God and our neighbor, but that we are also sinned against. And what do we do about that? If we know what to do with our own sin, what do we do with the sins committed against us? This is what Jesus is talking about in the sermon. Be merciful as your heavenly Father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, we all have a conscience, which is like, if you'll let the picture stand, it's like a little courtroom that lives inside of you. And there's a judge, and there's a defendant, and there's a prosecuting and a defense attorney. And this little court of yours is always hearing cases. It's there, it's given by God, mostly to make judgments about what you have done, good or bad, helpful or dangerous. And it's your conscience that the Holy Spirit brings God's Word, His law and His gospel, His judgment and His forgiveness, and gives you the gift of repentance and faith in your conscience. Now, God is the judge in your conscience. At least, that's how it's supposed to be. But here's the thing. We are always tempted to push God off of the bench and take His place as if we would be the judge. Now, let's see if you, if you know how this goes. I think you should. If I'm, if I'm the judge in my own conscience, how am I going to judge myself? 
probably with a great deal of leniency. Oh, I did it because I was tired or because they were mean to me or I didn't want to hurt anyone or whatever. You see how the case goes? And you know this. You're, after all, a pretty good person. So you say to yourself as you sit on the judgment seat. Or you meant well. If you're the... If you're the judge in your own conscience, then these excuses actually matter. Now, it's not always the case that we are lenient on ourselves. Some of you might wrestle with the opposite temptation. You sit on that throne in your conscience and you condemn yourself. You judge yourself harshly. You, in fact, object to any word of gospel being brought into your conscience. You're convinced that the thing that you did is so bad that it is beyond the reach of God's mercy. Now, for you, it is a good thing. Listen, this is a good thing that you are not the judge. God is. And God has judged the death of Jesus to be completely sufficient to atone for your sins. He passes the judgment on you, not you on yourself. And His judgment is that you are righteous. But normally it's the other way around. We're busy with the business of self-justification, of judging ourselves to be righteous and holy by our own standard. But what happens when we're sitting on the conscience as judge and someone else comes and sins against me? Someone cuts me off on the road. And I take that guy and I rush him to the front of the line in the courtroom of my own conscience. And I hear the case of the greatest injustice done on on the earth since Genghis Khan. And I pronounce judgment against that man. You big dumb head. I'm sure that's how it sounds. I declare him to be a sinner, to be judged and condemned. Or I hear the whisper of someone talking about me behind my back. So I take them to court where I'm the judge, where I have no idea why anyone would have anything bad to say about me, and there I pronounce a judgment, and that person is sentenced to three months of hard bitterness from me. Do you see how that goes? When I stand as judge in the conscience, the measure and standard that I use to judge someone else and the measure that I use to judge, to, to judge myself are completely different. Now, this is true even when serious sins are committed against us. Damaging sins. When someone does violence to us. When we're assaulted. When we're shamed. When we're betrayed. When we're violated. And and so forth. We feel almost obliged to stand as judge and to condemn that person. And this, dear saints, is what's behind your anger. This is the background for those people in your family that are not talking to you or those people that you refuse to talk to. This is the inner working of the feuds that keep you up at night, standing as judge in your own conscience and condemning those that have sinned against you. Now for us, who would presume to sit on the bench and to be judge, Jesus preaches to you. And he says, repent. Judge not. And you will not be judged. Condemn not. And you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. God is the judge, not you. 
And He has judged you. In fact, He is the only one who has judged you worthy of eternal life. And He has made that same judgment for your neighbor. For the one that sinned against you. For the one that hurt you. For the one that you are angry with. Jesus died also for them. So that the sins committed against you are atoned for by His death. Now to drive this home, Jesus tells a joke. (laughs) Why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye, but you don't notice the log that's in your own? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck that's in your eye when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite. The log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck that is in your brother's eye. Do you see, our own sin seems small, but the sin that's committed against us seems huge. Almost unforgivable. But Jesus turns it around. There's a speck in your neighbor's eye, a piece of dust and dirt. But there's a plank, a log, a pine tree sticking out of your own eye. But pastor, what if they won't admit that they sinned against me? Or what if they think that the thing that they did to me wasn't wrong? Dear saints, God is the judge. You come into the courtroom as a plaintiff, not as judge. You pray. You pray for the judge's justice and for his mercy. But you do not judge. There's a collection of psalms. They've been called the imprecatory psalms by psalm labelers. (laughs) And I don't think this is actually a good title, the imprecatory psalms, but it's helpful, I suppose. They're psalms that pray to God against our enemies. And these psalms teach us what to do when we are sinned against. We do not seek revenge. We do not make judgments. We do not condemn. We instead pray. We love, we forgive, and we have mercy. Paul gives us this instruction. Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Leave room for wrath. If we start to avenge the sins that are committed against us, there is then no no room for the Lord to do His work of punishing or of disciplining or especially of having mercy. This is what Jesus means when He says, Judge not, lest ye be judged. But there is one more thing that we should say about this text because this text is often used against Christians or anyone really who would say that there's a right and wrong in the world. When we as, as, as human beings stand up and say, hey, uh, you shouldn't kill babies in the womb. The response that we're met with is, judge not lest ye be judged. Or especially thinking about the Supreme Court decision on Friday when we say that marriage is for family, a man and a woman bound up together until death, we hear that same response, the words of Jesus quoted back to us, judge not lest ye be judged. Or this question, who are you to judge my love? Now I think it's a bit ironic this weekend 
that the judge not folks are rejoicing in a judgment of five people called judges. <laughs> but when Jesus forbids judging, he does not intend to destroy the law. He's not smashing the Ten Commandments like Moses in the wilderness. He's not declaring an end of right and wrong. And the answer, by the way, to the question, who are you to judge, is I'm a human being. It's the fundamental act of a human society, of, of ethics, to judge the things that we love, the things that we want, and the things that we do, to, to see if they're good or if they're bad. If I want to go live in some other guy's house, you, as a human being, look at me and say, no, that's wrong, it's his house, not yours. Or if I love punching people in the face, then all the people around me, especially people with faces, look at me and make a judgment. That thing that you love is wrong. No face punching. In fact, the police do not care if I love driving fast. It doesn't matter what I love. And this is true for every area of our life, especially for the profound gift of our sexuality. Making a judgment about what I love and what I want is the fundamental act of humanity. And the more we forget this, then the more lawless and dangerous our culture will become. But look, when Jesus says, judge not, what he is doing is reserving the final judgment for himself. Jesus knows that if we are the judge, there are only two judgments that are possible. Either the, the prideful judgment of ourselves and each other that we're all good, which is the dangerous delusion leading to hell, self-justification and self-righteousness, or the despairing judgment that we are sinners beyond the hope of redemption. Those are the only two options when man is judge. But when Jesus is judge, there is a third and a correct and a blessed option. He judges us guilty of our sin, of all of them. But then by his blood, by his death, by his resurrection, by his loving kindness and by his mercy, he judges us. He judges you to be innocent, clean, guiltless, righteous, and holy. So we judge not, because Jesus, who died and rose again, is our judge in mercy and kindness. Amen. And the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 9.15, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 10.45 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 8.30 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 9.30 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.